up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Fearless as Fuck the Podcast. We are going to hope that my voice keeps up with my talking abilities today. I had scheduled an amazing guest for you guys today, and I did not want to miss another second without interviewing her. One of the things that I have talked about in the past is the ability to connect with people from your life when you kind of operate out of a place of alignment and openness and you never know who you're going to meet and what an impact they're going to have on your life unless you can actually be fully present in the moment and accepting of the people, places, and experiences who come into your space. And my guest today is somebody who I never thought I'd wind up being so close with, and not for any particular reason. It was just somebody who entered my life very randomly and wound up becoming a person that had a huge impact on me, not only for personal reasons, but her story then began to inspire me for so many others, and we're going to dive into it today. So I want to welcome my amazing friend, Tiffany, to the show. Hi there. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. I went to breakfast with Tiffany this morning to talk about how we were going to start unraveling the, this whole story and the different topics we wanted to talk about because there's so much mm-hmm. and there's so much that I feel like can make such an impact for different reasons for those of you who are listening from being a woman just in general to being empowered to being fearless to going through childhood trauma um, and into even her life now where she's pursuing a completely different career as someone who is in their 40s and has completely changed their life around. And I just was kind of in awe of what she went through. So we're going to just like dive into it and cover a bunch of different topics. But I want you guys to go into this episode understanding that there are so many ways for you to improve your life if you are in a position that you are unhappy with or if you are in a position where you don't think that you can go on and you are lacking some like mental toughness and need just some inspiration to show you that you can accomplish anything that you possibly want to I really think this is going to be a good story for you so I don't even know where to start but Maybe just tell them a little bit about your background. I know I know a little bit a little bit about your background, but tell me about what it is that you do now. Okay, so um, I am a police officer for the state of Nevada. I work for the Department of Public Safety. Um, that was a career choice I changed when I was 44. So I joined the academy of nine, the class of 91 last August and graduated this year of March. And now I currently work in the Division of Parole and Probation here for the state of Nevada. Awesome. And I, like I told you earlier, I would have never guessed you were 44 years old <laughs> ever. You. I have um, good genes. Yeah, you do have good <laughs> genes. And also for those of you listening, I actually met Tiffany um, at a restaurant you mm-hmm. used to serve at. When I first moved to Vegas, um, I would come into this diner, this cafe all the time, yeah. all the time. And um, we'd wind up sitting in your section mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. And that was just kind of the interaction we both had and I don't even really know how it wound up developing but we just got closer and closer and eventually shared different stories and that's kind of how I met her and I remember back then this was what two and a half maybe three years ago Mm -hmm. you were you would tell me you were going to go into the police academy Mm -hmm. I had no idea what your background was or why you were just doing that now or what changed um was there a reason why you decided to go into the police force now Mm -hmm. um well it's something i've always wanted to do it was kind of a you know a goal since i was like eight or nine to be a police officer because 
growing up in um, the Bay Area of California and growing up in the generation I did, I was born in the 70s, it was something that to aspire to, mm-hmm. something that you really respected. And so also being a part of your community and, um, you know, they're heroes right. in my mind. So um, growing up with um, the trauma of growing up in, in the household I grew up in, with parents doing the best they could with what they had, um, and then growing up and then moving to Nevada when I was 14, which tearing someone away from everything they know in their prime years of development and learning who they are and what they can do and who they can trust is really, it's really traumatic in itself. Mm -hmm. And then I got married very young based on decisions I made from growing up in that traumatic home. And I I went wherever I felt safe, married at um, 19 and, you know, bought a house, lived the dream, supposedly the dream, but I hadn't dealt with the trauma I left in my life. And I wanted to be a police officer then, but I'd had my daughter very young. She was, um, I was 23 when I had her and my ex-husband wasn't very supportive. And um, he's like, you're just gonna go to work and just leave. What happens if something happens to you and you just mm-hmm. leave her? Like she's a young kid. So the mom guilt, which as a mom, um, we suffer from every single day, the decisions we make about our kids and choosing ourselves over our children and vice versa. I decided not to do it. And I just kept going on with my life and moved to Maryland, moved back to Nevada, got a divorce. I mean, that's just a long story in itself. But I realized when I got to a certain age that, you know what, I have friends that said, you can do this, so go try out. So I just did the next thing. I applied, and the next thing, I got accepted. And the next thing, I did three failed PT tests, and I just wouldn't give up because ultimately, if it's something you want bad enough, you just keep going to get it. Yeah. And my kids are watching me. I can't give up when my kids are watching me. I mean, yeah. what does that tell them to do? they give up on one small thing, then they're going to give up on the big things. And right. I didn't want that for their future. And I didn't want that for myself. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I definitely want to go into what that whole Academy experience mm-hmm. was like for you. Cause I know you've told me a little bit and mm-hmm. I was just kind of floored mm-hmm. to be, to begin with. Oh, so was I so <laughs> literally, literally floored. Um, but when it goes back to, this is something that I've kind of <clears throat> been looking into a lot, especially mm-hmm. when we talk about trauma and mm-hmm. things that we've been through in our past and how it affects our future. Mm-hmm. And not, not only just affects our future, but it kind of shapes us mm-hmm. into how we start operating as adults. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, just it, you know, operating in fight or flight mode, just coming from all of that. Um, do you want to share a little bit about kind of what you went through and how it kind of like puts you into the position to being like, okay, I'm going to fucking do this. Yeah. And Um, Well, a lot of it is survival mode. Mm -hmm. Like for me, there's mental toughness and there's survival mode. The difference between me is survival mode is you do whatever you have to do to get through the next day. Mm -hmm. You're not sure why you're doing it, what you're you're using to do it. Mental toughness is knowing it's going to suck and just grinning, bearing it and getting through it. So to me, they're two different levels. Most of my life was survival mode. Um, I didn't get any mental toughness until the academy of last year that really changed. Um, I didn't want to say it changed who I was. It really took me to my full potential of what I could be. It like made you level up. It made me level up because, you know, this is it. There's no back door. Not that I didn't like waiting tables. Shout out to Original Sunrise Cafe. We love Um, you. We love you. Um, They're, you know, a home away from home, but I wanted something more for myself and I love helping people and being a broken person myself. I think it's really important that broken people share their story to help other broken people because for so long I was so hurt and hurt people hurt people. Oh so, yeah. It's like, it just keeps going and going and going and being able to get over the trauma and forgiveness for everything that happened in my life. And just getting to the point where I'm thankful and it's a gift. I know that sounds crazy, but if it wasn't for all that, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about it to help someone out there. Even just being able to live in my truth and 
know that this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about this entire podcast Mm -hmm. and the people that have come on it. I didn't even have the intention of it getting this deep when I first started. And now I have this desire to bring on people Mm -hmm. to allow them to share because what I'm realizing is a lot of people haven't shared. No. And they I'm keep like, it oh my to gosh, I just want to give that gift to somebody to yeah. be able to speak because it helps so much and it helps the next person, mm-hmm. which helps the next person. And I can't relate to the academy because I've never been through something like that, but I can relate to it on some level as to why I go through my own preps. Mm-hmm. The discipline. The mm-hmm. discipline, there is something about it that makes me like sit with myself mm-hmm. and that's the only thing I can be relative to and even when you shared with me the whole um, you were doing Andy Frisella's um, mm-hmm. 75 hard yeah which mm-hmm. is for those of you who aren't listening what is it it's like a 75 day challenge 75 you, day challenge you work out twice <clears throat> a day um, one workout is outside one workout is inside 45 minutes no less no more you read 10 pages of a self-empowerment book so not, not garbage you want to read something that's going to make you think and make you um, develop yourself as a person you take a snapshot every day you eat healthy no alcohol for me it's no alcohol no sugar no like processed foods um, it really, it really is discipline. It takes a lot because me, I, when I'm going through certain emotions in my life, I saw those emotions with food. Food mm-hmm. and me have a very, very bad like relationship. Mm-hmm. I've had, because when there's no other control in your life from the age of two to whatever, the only thing you can control is what you're consuming. So yeah. whether it be what you personally are eating, what you personally are taking in. So for me, my, my habits with food is very bad. It's not as bad as it used to be, but this program disciplines me to think, okay, it's a sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. 75 days, it's not forever. Um, you have to go through like the suck. You have, you to, have to go through, I have a thing on my, my, my bag that says embrace the suck. You have yeah. to embrace the suck. <laughs> it's really important because um, that shows you what you're made of. That's for fucking sure. Mm-hmm. It shows you what you're yes. made of. And I was never aware of what I was possibly made of because a you lot know, of us aren't I don't think no and that goes back to like imposter syndrome well god why am I even that, here can I even do this who am I who do you think you are you know, every that topic day. surfaces on every mm-hmm. single podcast every day. I have in here yeah it's making me realize like how many people are they think that they don't belong where they they're not belong. qualified yeah they're not qualified mm-hmm. and we just like you were saying like mm-hmm. if it's not going to be me it's gonna be somebody, somebody else. else so why not me why, why not, not you do it and that's probably a lot of what you thought about when you went into the academy yeah, why not everything. me i would say well i'm i'm old no you're 44 you're not old yeah um well you know I, I have a husband i have two kids can i really do this and let me tell you 13 hour days i came home and i had nothing to give my husband mm-hmm. i had nothing to give my children i had nothing to give my friendships i forgot my dad's birthday you were just like, go like, <laughs> I realized three days later, oh shit, I did not text my dad on his birthday. I suck because I was so consumed in the whole process of it all. And just like thrown into this process, like I was just not capable of, of balance at the time because it was something I'd never seen paramilitary, you know, and they put you in that environment because they have to see if you can handle the stress, you can yeah. handle the stress of what we're doing to you. Yeah. And okay. So now you told me there were about how many people in your academy? Our academy started with 14, and then we went to 11 fairly quickly, and then we went to 7 fairly quickly. And the ones that were dropping out were what you think is, you know, 21, 22, physically able, mentally capable. And at the end of the day, it, you either can do it or you can't. It's, so tell me what the first day was like. Oh, my God. <laughs> 6 a.m. roll call, and the first thing they do is they just lay and start yelling at you. And the thing is, let me just preface this. The corporals and my sergeant are very dear mentors and friends of mine, and I adore them to pieces, but and I love like them now. But this seems like it's part of the experience. It is part of the process. It's a love-hate relationship mm-hmm. for sure, um, because no one's ever 
yelled at me like that before. And, and I'm a grown ass woman. Like, <laughs> okay. I don't know about you, but for me, because of what stuff I've dealt with throughout my entire life, mm-hmm. when someone yells at me, I get very, it's a trigger. It's a trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was triggered and I was like, okay, what is happening? Cause no one, and I have friends that are in the department and they didn't want it. They're like, just, just know it's, you know, it's a part they have to play. They right. have to ma- make sure that you're capable of handling it's a test. the mental stress and it's a test. And you know what I've been through in my life, I can get through this. Like this is nothing, but going through it, I would come home and I'd be in tears, crawl in bed. I'm, I'm not going back. My husband goes, yeah, <laughs> you have to go back. You know, your kids are watching you. Yeah. Your kids are watching you. And I was like, okay, you're right. I'm Every sure morning, just even that statement is kind of like a switch where you're like, okay, like I, what am I supposed to say to that? What am I supposed to say to that? And you, there's, there's no back door for me. Not that I don't want to go wait tables again. I, I don't, but I came this far. I cannot come this far just to come this far. I love that. I can't. Yeah. I, there's got to be more. It can't just be... Okay, you you've you figured it out. You've tried. Now you give up. No, I did you try though? Like, have you really given everything you possibly can? And I struggled. Like, I was not in shape like I thought I was. I went to the gym four or five months prior during the whole Corona all the time, but I didn't level my endurance, so I didn't run mm-hmm. every day. And the academy is all about running, cardio, cardio, I cardio. <laughs> so um, I was not prepared. My body was not prepared. I mentally was broken because they break you down so they can build you back up. I had people yelling in my face. You're never going to make it. You can't do this. Who do you think you are? You're not going to make Enter it. You're not going to make it. Enter imposter syndrome. So I went home like, am I going to make it? Like I went through a knee challenge. I went through bodies and aches. Like, can I do this? And finally, every day got just a little bit easier. And, you know, we'd have smoking sessions, which if people know, you know, if mm-hmm. you don't, you don't. It was just like 30 minutes of constant, you know, push-ups, stand up, go around the block, push up, stand up, face down to the concrete. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Yes, corporal. Yes, corporal. Like it's constant up and down, up and down, up and down to where I literally like had a full blown panic attack, full blown panic attack in the middle of a smoke session. They got me out, tested my heart. The captain goes, go sit down. My and gosh. I'm like, this is not, this is not, this is not for me. <laughs> what was, um, what was the ratio of females to males? In our class, uh, there's three of us mm-hmm. women, um, to whatever, you know, whatever was left, 11 men. Um, in this last class, I just went to their day one, which is very cathartic. Let me tell you wow. to see someone else's day one to see. I can only imagine. Yeah. Cause your, your eyes are, you look at through it for different eyes, right? Different like you, lens. Like you, met, you lens made it, me. your perspective's different. Like you can do this. Don't, you know, don't puss out. You can do this. Yeah. Because you probably remember what it was like to be yeah. in that situation and feel like you couldn't do it. Now when you're on the side, you're like, okay, you know what it takes to get through it, but you know what that yeah. person's feeling like during yeah, it. And I it's do. completely different. I have compassion. I have grace for how they're feeling. And, you know, um, one thing that really stuck with me is that the corporals play their part, right? They're tough, but they also they also love on the other end. So they're like, you know, you, after a while, they would the toughness would kick in, but then they'd be like, okay, what what do I what can I do to help you? Yeah. What can I do for you to succeed? What can I do to make? Yeah, because you they want la- you to win. They want just to. They don't. They don't want to. They're not going to fail the whole entire academy class. Yeah. They want you to win. They want you to succeed. And it, there's so much pride and honor in doing that. Like, I have so much honor and pride on that aspect. Though it's changed my whole perspective on us as a country, on police officers as a whole. Like. When you get in there and you do it and you do the job and you have pride for your brothers and sisters and you really want the best for your community. Yeah. You really want the best. And people come out not saying the best things. It's like you take that personally. You take that hit personally because you're out here every day leaving your family, leaving your children, leaving your husband to go serve people you don't even know. Yeah. And I'm spending time with these people that come to see me after they left court or come out of jail. And I'm like, look, I want you to win. You're out there with my family. 
you're on the streets with my friends. I need you to be rehabilitated. I need you to be a better person for yourself and for everyone else out there. Yeah. It's an important job. For sure. It's How, an important job. Does it, is it hard being a female in this? Um, um, I think yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yes, because as a society as a whole, we see females as weaker. Right. And, that, and that's why I ask, because mm-hmm. I feel like you're right as a whole. It is. And I don't I don't really ever play the feminine. Me either. The feminist card. Like, fuck that shit. I don't yeah, really need me to, either. It's not. I like know who that. I am as a person. I know what I'm capable yeah, of. End of story. Yeah. But I do know that it's hard because people do look at women do. differently sometimes. It's just the way it is. Um, so I, I always just wonder if that plays a role. I mean, even even in certain business situations, when I walk in and try and be my most professional mm-hmm. self, when I know that I might not be the smartest person in the room, like, cause I, or let me, let me rephrase that. I might not know as much as a guy would know in a certain subject. Right. I try not to, especially play, what like, you do for a living. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a bikini athlete. I get that, but I'm still a fucking athlete. But you're still an athlete. I'm still a fucking athlete. Yeah. And that's where my mind shit, my mind, mindset shifts right because I reframed that and it's the truth and if anybody can take that and reframe their verbiage about themselves mm-hmm. that's the kind of growth that can happen in the positive outlook and the, the way it can shift um, but with the kinds of things that you do mm-hmm. you're in a position of power already mm-hmm. but I'm sure there's got to be a little bit of like I don't know I, I guess to each their own, but m- maybe it's a little bit harder when you know you're a woman, you're being challenged just as you are a man, especially in such a physically, mentally, emotionally demanding it's, position. I think the mental situation I'm actually okay with because I've done so much work on myself and recovery and my own brokenness. So oh, I can yeah. really see through it from all away. So I don't let them feel like they can get one over on me per yeah. se. Physically, it's going to always be a challenge, right? Men are proven stronger. to be stronger than women. Mm-hmm. That's just... That's not here nor there. It's just a scientific fact, folks. Yeah. They just are. They're stronger. So what do I do? I train. I train yeah. hard because guess what? They're out there training hard too. Yeah. So there's always I, we, someone outworking you. Mm-hmm. I, I train inspiring. hard because criminals train hard. We have to train even harder. Yeah. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. What about with offenders? What about with criminals? Like, and actually people that you deal with. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I feel like if, if I'm like trying to put myself in your, in your position, which is so hard because it's like so far beyond what I would be mm-hmm. a position I would be in in my life, but I would imagine I would feel very nervous and very scared being in that position, but you obviously have to change that around to be in the position that you're in. Yeah. It's just about establishing dominance. Hmm. Right. Well, when you and, walk in. and that to me goes down to the way my boots look, the way my pants look, the way I hold myself as professional, being professional. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and also there's still people, there's still human beings that are broken. So, yeah. They deserve respect. I get they've broken the law and they've done things they shouldn't have. And they've, you know, things people think, oh, they're still human and deserve respect. So you come at it from a perspective like, okay, this is what I expect of you. This is what you need to give me in return. And we're not going to have any problems, but I respect them and I listen to them and I understand that they're broken and they're hurting. And I do the best I can with the tools that I've been given in my job to help them give them tools to be able to do what they need to do to be successful and get off probation and live a normal life. Because most of the time it's just bad choices that, that have been made. Right. They meant yes, they're bad choices and yes, they're out there and they've got these consequences, right? Because everything has a consequence, but there's still people yeah. that have come from some really shitty conditioning that some of them don't even know better. That's the right. scary and thing about it. Right. And that's what you're saying. Like the shitty conditioning is something cycle. that you don't even realize you're going through. And that's mm-hmm. what conditioning is. You don't realize you're going through mm-hmm. it until, I mean, some people don't ever realize it. They but. don't. And so they, all they know is what they, what's in front of them. Because that's all like they comfort. Know. 
because yeah. that's all they've seen or been taught. Or yes, when you get to a certain age, it's your responsibility. You're an adult now. Put your big boy, big girl pants on and 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 take care of business. But some people don't have the tools to know how to even do that. Right. They might be 40, 45, but they have a 15-year-old mind. Because that's where it got stuck. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what um, something you said to me earlier off camera about you sitting down with someone in particular and then being like, you could never possibly understand what I've been through kind oh, of thing. Oh, I can. And <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that because they yes. see me as a professional being in this uniform on the other side of a table interviewing them and seeing where they're coming from and who they are. But uh, there's a one person um, that I looked at her case file and I'm like, we literally are identical. We went through the same abuse as a child, um, you know, marriage to get out of what you're into, which wasn't fair to my first husband, which, um, you know, I, he wasn't my forever, right? but I was his, unfortunately, and that there was lots of hearts broken there. But for me, it was just a way to get out from one bad situation to get to a safer one. It was survival, right? It wasn't nothing to do with mental toughness. It was survival. And to me, they're different. Yeah. And just moving on, I'm like, I, I actually am like, I'm the person that I needed to be in your shoes. I'm that person for you. So it's not working your way. Let's try it my way and see if that helps you. You know, and people that are struggling, and I deal with lots of addicts that struggle. I, you know, everyone gets the same amount of respect and the same amount of attention that I would anyone because it's my job. This is what I signed up for. Yeah. I signed up for this. I signed up to help people and, and then help my community. And that's what I'm going to do. And I, I'm only one person, you know, I'm not trying to save the world here, but if I can save someone and lead them in the right direction from my experiences, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's what I know didn't work in the past and what I know works now. Right. Let's try it that way. Right. Do you feel like being in the position that you are now where you can actually help people helps you heal yourself? Oh, so much. Yeah. I get so much. Yes, there are tough days. And yes, uh, it's mentally, emotionally, spiritually draining Training. on me. Mm -hmm. But I get so much out of helping someone and sharing my story. And I'm not really honest about everything with, with offenders. It's a very professional business relationship. Right. But in the realms that I can help, I do everything I can. But I can't want it more than you do. Mm -hmm. that's just, I can't, you have yeah. to do your part. Yeah. But I will always give you a hundred percent of my part. Right. You know, I, I love hearing that too, because that's the only way I can relate when people ask me why I wind up doing what I'm doing. Because yeah. I'm like, I think deep down there's something that heals me inside oh, yeah. by helping other people. And that's why I get such, I light up with coaching and why mm -hmm. I actually never thought I'd personally shift out of my career as a hairstylist into something else. And mind you, I think that'll always be there, but there was something that like lit me up about connecting with people on like more of a self-development level and helping them better their lives because I think it in turn bettered mine. Yeah, for sure. And it's healing for you too. It's not yes. just about that other person, like secrets and all this trauma. If it's still festering in the dark, there's no healing. There's no recovery. Yeah. When you share your story and you talk about it and you're out there and you're vulnerable and transparent, which anyone who knows me at this point in my life, I am an open book. You, you are want to know something, I will tell you because I'm not ashamed of my past. It's made yeah. me who I am. It's made me a strong, which my daughter likes to say, a badass bitch. And I'll take you that are. title every time because I've earned it. Yeah. And I mean, I've thought that about you since I've met you and you weren't even in the academy back then. And I mean, you know, we only had shared interactions via the restaurant mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. But I always remember being like, this girl is strong as fuck. Yeah. And it was interesting because also there was a certain period of time during when I knew you back then that I was probably at my weakest point. Which is funny because when we talk about that in breakfasts and coffee dates, you would never have known, which is the biggest secret people don't understand is that everybody out there is broken. Oh, it yeah. looks one way on the uh -huh. outside, but it really, it really isn't. And so when I came home and told my husband, oh, God, this girl came in the cafe and I just had, there's some kind of connection there. I'm going to try and nurture it. And it's all about nurturing those relationships, right? It's yes. not about just like, 
you know, oh, I don't know, just she's a regular at the cafe or whatever. No, it's it's something important. There's something here. If something's like sticking out like there's that. There's something here. You have to nurture it. And then look, I mean, look where we are. I know. And that it just. I remember like, talking about this like a year and a half ago. I'm like, and I look at you like, why not you? Why not a podcast? Why not a book? Who I makes you not qualified? Know. I know. And that's, it's just so crazy to watch things like manifest into, mm-hmm. in, into those things. But I've had those conversations with other people who, who um, I brought on as well, where I'm like, for some reason they stuck out to me. Even mm-hmm. the girl, Amanda May, who I just posted, I wound up connecting with her because of her shitty ass ex fiance being a douchebag. Mm-hmm. And I remember finding out about her because of him. And I saw her and I'm like, I'm going to know her and I'm going to know her on a deeper level. I'm not really sure why. And I nurtured that connection. And then I go it. to find out that there was something really shitty happening behind the mm-hmm. scenes that resonated exactly with what I was going through. And we wound up being there for each other during the process. And I just fucking knew it. And then we sat just right here a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago and, and we had the most incredible conversation. I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. So it just goes back to like what I said at the very beginning of this podcast is like when you are more so in alignment and you can mm-hmm. like be present and mm-hmm. under and understand the people, places and environments that are coming into your life for a reason. The universe is like, wake the fuck wake up. up, like wake up and look right in front of your yeah. face because it will give you the answers and the people that you need to just like, have the conversations you need to have heal the way you need to heal Mm -hmm. get the get everything that you need it's right it's right here for you you just have to be present and open and willing to receive it and even like you know you getting the strength to go after what you really Mm -hmm. wanted at 44 years Mm -hmm. old like I don't think if you if you probably weren't as present and aware of yourself you probably wouldn't have had that like steam yeah so and I you know support is so important like my children my parents you know my family my husband God bless my husband because, I mean, he <laughs> he made me dinner every night. Like, I was incapable of doing anything. I barely even did laundry during the academy. I was incapable because I was thrown into this world that I had known nothing about. And I was just like, what is happening? But one thing that that made me is made me present. I took literally one day at a time because that's all I was capable of. You're like, I can't even look past I the next no 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what's happening. Like, with dinner, I don't know. I don't know. I'd come home. I'd be exhausted. He'd have dinner on the table for me. Like... I don't even, and it, I feel so bad because there's times where I said to him, I can't give you what you need right now. I was mm-hmm. honest. I can't give you what you need. I physically can't give you what you need. But I emotionally can't like give you what you need. I, I cannot give do. you what you need. And I suck and I'm, I'm sorry. And he'd be like, I get it. Like he understands. And that is why we've been married for so long. The constant communication, which we've had our battles, you know, like we've our been married for almost 18 like, years because of this is what I can give you right now. This is all I'm capable of at this moment. I'm not saying it's going to last forever. It's a season. And every relationship has seasons. Every friendship, family relationships have seasons. And it just was a season. It was a tough season. And we got through it, but it was difficult. And halfway through the academy, we got told we were going to be extended. So it was only supposed to be 20 weeks. Uh-huh. At week 10, which is the halfway point, like, oh, by the way, we're going to go 33 weeks. And I oh was my just God, like, that's a lot more. <laughs> you're fucking kidding me, right? All of us looking around like, what? Like, we're halfway through. It's almost like starting at day one again. But we were a small academy, you know, it was during Corona and they were trying something new to, to intertwine both Highway Patrol and Department of Safety for the Parole and Probation Division. We're like, okay. And our sergeant's like, I knew you guys would be fine. I knew you guys would roll with it because you're small and we're gonna, he could tell our temperaments, right? And right. we're not going to quit now. Like, that's stupid. So we're like, okay. So it went from 20 weeks to 33 weeks. Holy shit. So from August to, um, we graduated March 12th. So it was more than half of a year of our life. It enthralled us, but we also got so close and like ride or die has come out of that, that situation. 
I'm very close with most of my corporals and my sergeant, like they're mentors to me. And like I said, it really showed me who I was going to be. Like, this is who yeah. you're, this is who you're meant to be. They always say, you know, when you go to heaven or whatever and you go and you talk to God and he's like, you know, I really wanted more for you. Like that right there. I don't want to go Ugh. up to the pearly gates and him look at me and go, I really wanted more for you. I yeah. don't want that. I want him to say job. Well done. Yes. Good job. That's yeah. what I want. So, and I'm very strong in my faith and very strong in my relationship with God. And that got me through everything that's happened to me in my mm -hmm. life. And, but it's also like, it's meant to be that way. Like there's yeah. a plan and the bad stuff, all evil is never going to be used for evil. Always used for good in some aspect or another, whether it be your relationship, whether it be, you know, my trauma, it, it helped me get to where the person I was meant to be. It shaped 100%. who I was. And I don't, I don't want it to ever not be that way. Yeah. Yes, it was horrible and I don't wish it upon anybody, but I don't want it to not be part of my story because it is. And it's, who I'm meant to be. And that's why I'm here talking about it. Cause it's important to and share. You're owning it. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like if you look at, if you, and it's not easy, no. like I know it's probably some people who are listening who are still stuck in their mm -hmm. own, whatever they went through. They're like, it well, easier sucks, said dude. than it done. Sucks. I can't look at that. That's yeah. a terrible thing. Like, yes, trust me. I've been in that position too. Maybe not at to some people's levels yeah. as you have as well, where it's the most unfavorable thing to ever happen to you with whatever your trauma is. But if you can like, start reworking it and mm -hmm. use it to propel yourself forward and use it as the building blocks to be like, okay, I'm at fucking rock bottom right mm -hmm. now. Literally. Let, literally, <laughs> let me start rebuilding on this rock bottom to be the best version of myself possible or to make myself greater. And one, never let this happen again. Stop the generational freaking mm -hmm. cycle of this crap yeah, and sure. be like, it ends here. Yeah. yeah. That's when you heal. That's when you grow. That's when you can start using your pain or whatever mm -hmm. you've been through into creating something greater. Yeah. And those are the people who wind up being successful. And whether you're religious or not, you do, you should want to be able to be like, at the end of my life, I know I did the Everything best thing I, I possibly could for me. Well, we get one. This you is get it. One. You don't get a do-over. Yeah. And you get do-overs and say that like, okay, you can change careers. But as far as like your life as a whole, I want it to mean something. I want my kids to talk to their kids about, you know, this and this and this. I want I want to leave an impact. Yeah. I want to leave an impact to my community. I want to be able to do whatever I can to make it the best for the people that I love that live in it. Yeah. Somebody asked me, and it was during some of my hardships this last year when I was like starting completely over from mm -hmm. scratch, essentially, they were like, what do you want to be remembered for? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, like I was so stimulated by that by that question because at first I didn't know what to say because I had so much to say at the same time. And I, I wanted my, my first thought was that I just wanted to be an inspiration for someone else. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make an impact on someone else's life. It wasn't even about me. Like I didn't want to be remembered for the, the person who did this or who won this or like, no, I wanted to be remembered for somebody who inspired others to be greater. Right. And that to me made me feel fucking good. And that was actually around the same time that I was trying to figure out the blueprint on how I wanted to create this career path for myself that basically didn't exist. I didn't even know what the job I what it wanted. Looked like. No, yeah. I had no fucking idea. Um, and that was also a little scary because mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, what am I, what am I trying to do? Create something out of nothing. And I'm like, okay, that's very bad verbiage. Yeah. And I'm not going to get anywhere it's with that. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. It's something yeah. huge. And that's, yeah. It kind of goes back into what we were talking about. Like you can't cut yourself short. You can't sell yourself mm -hmm. short. Even we were in line for coffee this morning. The guy, the guy at the um, at the drive-through for Dutch Bros. Hashtag Dutch Bros. Dutch Bros. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
was like such a sweet guy. Mm-hmm. And shout out to them for always being so fucking friendly, I will say, and so nice. But I was like, well, you know, what are you guys doing today? And I told him we we're going to shoot a podcast. He's like, that's so cool. What made you want to do that? And I'm like, wow, this person's really asking me this randomly. And so I started telling him, he's like, you know, I, I'm just not a creative person. I don't do stuff like that. And I was like, but please don't, don't say that. Everyone's creative. Everyone's creative. And he's yeah. like, well, I, I like to write. And I'm like, that's, that's so creative. That's amazing. <laughs> the fact that you like write your thoughts down yeah. and like you let them process and you kind of see where that goes. That's creative. But it, even this happy person, I could see how they were already setting limiting beliefs yes. themselves. Yes. Selling themselves short right at the top. Right, right at the, the top. Mm-hmm. Right at the freaking top before. Mm-hmm. And there are so many things in this world that are going to tell you you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And you try don't and need put to be one down. of them. No, you do not need to be one mm-hmm. of them. And I like, if I had had longer the drive through, I would have been like, let's have a TED talk right <laughs> now. <laughs> Come to my podcast. But it was, but it made me realize like not even the people who are suffering or going through bad things are still suffering from imposter syndrome mm-hmm. because they don't think not that they don't think that they can do it, but they've, put limiting beliefs up for themselves yeah or and the thing is it's all about it's all about the mind right so you say you can't do it then guess what you can't do it yeah your mind is sure. the most powerful thing that you physically have on your body and your body follows what your mind tells it right so yeah. you know even doing this 75 hard challenge like oh, i can't do it i've already set myself up for failure yeah like stop saying that, stop to, saying yourself. that to yourself regardless whether it's a challenge and i and i struggle with challenges but i also thrive in the struggle because i need pressure on me right i do the mm-hmm. best when it's under pressure, even during schoolwork, I'd have a huge project due. Guess what? I did it the night before and it rocked. I didn't yeah. do it two weeks before like everyone I'm else did. Way. I did it when I had no time left because that's when I thrive, sh- thrive and show my full potential when there's pressure on. Okay. I want to ask you about this too, because I feel like I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I struggled with in my own mind was I would do preps and thrive. Mm-hmm. I'd be so dialed in, disciplined, this, that, and the other. Like I was my most focused. And then a show will end. And I'm like, Balls to the wall. Oh God! Like, what do I? Yeah. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I need. It's no- almost a depression state. It, there is, and there is it's this. Totally, mm-hmm. it's it's like the it's like your um your serotonin levels, like yeah. all of your dopamine, just your your hormones are yeah. just like out of whack. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be the kind of person that gets so hung up on needing to prep. And in my mind, I'm like, oh shit, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not who I thought I was because I need a prep to be successful. But then I realized something. It's not prep. It's not. It's not prep. It was just having some sort of tangible consistency Mm -hmm. and some tangible goals Mm -hmm. to set myself up for. And I operate better when I have goalposts. Me too. So it made me feel a little bit better because I know there's a lot of athletes who suffer from like post-show depression and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And it hit home for me when you were explaining, because you're not a competitor, Mm -mm. even though I think that you would fucking murder a prep because of your discipline. Thank you. But you were talking about the 75 challenge and Mm -hmm. the academy and everything and when you are so dialed in, you mm-hmm. are like zone. Like there's zone. no way I'm out of my zone. Like it's, it's really impressive, but I wouldn't have gotten that if it wasn't for this consistency and discipline of the Academy mindset that they mm-hmm. give to you and show you. And it really makes you like a better person. And also when you look at yourself, it's not always easy to look at yourself. Oh, okay, it's so no. hard. I have fucked up so many times. <laughs> I've had the worst mom days. I've had, you know, I've had regret with friendships with sister so you're relationships. Human. I'm human, <laughs> but we're so hard on ourselves, right? Because we want to be like this, what we think is supposed to be a perfect version of a relationship or a perfect version uh-huh. of a friendship or being a coworker or even at my job. I feel like I take it on to heart because I'm not doing the best that I can, but 
I am doing the best that I can. Like there's yeah. a thing I posted, like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, my best. I literally yeah, do my best. Every that's day. what I'm doing for a living. <laughs> yeah. You have to do your best every yeah. single day and that's how you're going to show up anyway. Yeah. So what would you say, like if somebody came to you and they were struggling with getting motivated mm-hmm. or getting um, started with just bettering themselves, like what are some things that you would tell somebody randomly to do for themselves to get themselves on a better path? Um, well, first I'm a big pen to paper person. (laughs) I don't type and I write everything down. So write down goals. Like where, what do you want out of your life? What makes you happy? And happiness is one of those broad subjects where it's It's different different. for everybody. And happiness, it's, it's not a destination. Mm -hmm. It's where you're at in your life. So we can put that to side and realize it's not going to be, I'm going to be happy when I have this. I'm going to be happy when I have this. You're failing already. You're already failing. That's not happiness. Happiness, it really comes from inside and really being looking yourself in the mirror and that t- day when you look at yourself in the mirror and there's like no judgment on yourself and you're like, okay, I'm okay. And I'm probably, I'm that not happy. I'm not happy. Four oh, years yeah. to figure out. I think it took me about, well, I'm 45 now. So probably around 38, 39, I realized I'm, I'm happy now. Like I've, which saying that too is also scary because it comes with its own level of expectations. Yes. <laughs> well, now what? Well, how happy is this? Or, and I'm not happy all day, every day, but I have happiness in my life every single day and to me that's winning i can't that is winning mm-hmm. because there's a that's lot of people winning. who cannot say that yeah even when you've explained to me some of the things that you've had to walk in on in your yeah. job and yeah. the um you know how people are living yeah it's, it's a huge cultural shock for me mm-hmm. and it's it's i go home a lot of the times crying because oh. it's just i'm very empathetic i take everybody's Same. feelings on so for me it's just like I just want to, you know, take everybody home and make them better because I know being what it's like to be stuck in that broken mindset and them thinking I can't do better than what I see around me. And that's not the truth. But it's also what they're products of their environment, right? Yeah, you are a product for sure. You are a product of your environment. And if you don't decide to make that choice and you have to be the one to do that, you're never going to get out of that. You have to make the choice for yourself. So put pen to paper. Write down what you want out of your life. Even if it's crazy, crazy up here. If they're not, if those dreams aren't big enough and they don't scare you, you need bigger dreams. Yeah. Or if the people you are surrounding yourself with are, aren't supporting you and loving you and cheering you on. If people aren't cheering you on, you need to find better people. Yeah. I know it's the truth. You know, I, I was telling one of my best friends about that too. I'm like, you know what I need? I consistently want to surround myself with people, Mm -hmm. with the people who are going to be like, no, go bigger, go bigger, go bigger. Not the ones who are like. I'm not really? sure. Or I'm not that. sure if you can. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. I, I, oh, that's like if one I of my hear, biggest. Are you sure? I'm like, I, see you later. <laughs> thank you. Like, I, I hate hearing that or the ones who like kind of put doubt into your yeah. mind. I would rather just please get out of my way. Yeah. Like, get out like, of my even way. Even if I fail, awesome. Cool. I at least tried. That's, yeah. Because even like, you, I mean, even if you fail, you're obviously still learning. Yeah. There, it's not even about the winning or the failure. It's the journey of how you get there. Yeah. Like the whole 75 hard. I got so many DMs and messages. Well, how much weight did you lose? It wasn't about losing weight for me. It wasn't about the outer appearance for me. That is a bonus. Yes. It was about what it did to me on the inside. God, that's how I saw my freaking prep too. That's what it does from the inside, the discipline, the how good I feel when I wake up in the morning. It's not about how my clothes fit and how I look. It's about how I feel and how my mental state is. I was so, and am so mentally zoned and my mind is clear. And I'm not saying I don't like alcohol. I love to drink, but I didn't, I took alcohol out of that and it changes your mental focus. Like it changes when you put healthy things in your body, because you get one, it's all you get. And I used to always tell my daughter, what's your body? She'd look at me and roll her eyes, a temple. Like even <laughs> now I'll ask her. She's like, mom, it's a temple. And I have to take my own advice. This is a temple. You get one body, you have to treat it correctly. Yeah, that's understandable too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of started to try and relish it, like almost embracing the suck of this mm-hmm. last prep, because I remember before 
in preps before I would complain about like the foods I was eating or whatever. And this time I was like, no, you know what? Like you're nourishing yourself. And my prep, my, I love my coach. Shout out to Nate because I'm always eating good foods and like what I want and what I desire and things that taste good. Mm -hmm. I'm not on a fish six meals a day kind of thing and rice cakes. I'm eating. You're eating food. I'm eating whole foods, whole foods and I'm not starving. And, um, where was I going with this? I was, I was just appreciating it. And in those moments, I started realizing how much better I was operating mm-hmm. and my brain was oh operating gosh, so and much. everything. I was like a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. One, because I did the prep for so long, which became a lifestyle. So I was and doing it. Consistency. Consistency. Mm-hmm. I was. I started back in November and my show was what, a month ago. So mm-hmm. it was a good like six, seven months. Mm-hmm. And after the show, of course... Like most all of you us want do cookies. And, I just, that's some freaking and, cookie monster. Yeah, and right. I ate all the sugar, all the stuff. I drank a little bit, which I've become not a big drinker. Mm-hmm. I realized what in, in a, a different kind of effect it was having on my, my outlooks on life, my productivity yes. levels, everything. I was Mental way focus, more, dis- everything. way more distracted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I realized I was like getting addicted to sugar again. Mm-hmm. So of course, I'm not a cold Turkey kind of person. I'll cut things cold like out cold, but I realized how much I had to pull back and re assess what I was doing. Yeah. Reevaluate what I was doing for my body to get back on track Mm -hmm. because it was making me lose my focus. So just like you were saying, the things you're eating, the things you're consuming, the things you're watching, the people, the people, people, the environments, they all play such a huge role. And I love social media. Don't get me wrong. I think it it serves its purpose and has a platform, but that too, it can be very, very dangerous. You have to audit yourself. I actually talked about this just a few times actually this these same subject subjects come over and over again mm-hmm. with different people that's why another reason why i'm realizing how important they are but you have to audit the content you're consuming mm-hmm. and if you're a creator i always just say like creation versus consumption like mm-hmm. think about time you're spending creating which is giving back and right. like doing but also time that you're spending just scrolling mm-hmm. And what you're digesting. Right. And first thing in the morning, I used to have a really bad habit of like just jumping onto my phone. phone. I think a lot of people do. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just habit. Mm-hmm. And you start taking downloads of other people's garbage, mm-hmm. essentially. The highlight reel. The highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're like thinking about someone else's stuff. Right. You haven't even gotten out of bed yet. And I, it was, it was a huge, a huge change for me when I started getting up earlier, like getting off social or not not accessing social media for at least a half an hour to mm-hmm. an hour and spending that time like with myself for myself in the very in the mornings and like resetting. Right. Um it it changed everything. It changes everything. So I always tell people when there's like when they're looking for a change, like we were talking about earlier, th- there's really small things you can do for mm-hmm. yourself. If you feel like you it are stuck. It doesn't have to be like crazy. Oh, no. I'm going to take on this crazy challenge. It doesn't have no. to be that. It can be just changing what you do the first thing in the morning. Like you're talking small about. Wins. Mm-hmm. Small yeah. wins. Small wins. When I was like really depressed, I couldn't get out of bed. I was like, I felt like I was paralyzed. Yeah. Like I just, it's so weird to talk about and like look back at now because I don't even recognize that human. Like I feel mm-hmm. like that was a whole like out of body experience because mm-hmm. I'm not a depressed person, but I literally had to start with like, just get up and make your fucking bed. Yeah. Like get up and make your bed. Really, so you don't feel like a depressed person all right. day where you're disheveled and everything. And that was well, like, maybe that one completion of something will lead to two things the next day. Exactly. About three things the next day, 15, 16 years ago, I was very angry and I was just very like pent up and I hadn't dealt with the trauma and dealt with, my life and it was just wreckage, mm-hmm. right? It's just wreckage everywhere, wreckage in relationships, wreckage with myself, um, consuming things that aren't good for me and just, you know, fuck it. 
is like distractions pretty much. Yeah, so and everything it just was so goes under the rug. <laughs> it was horrible. And then I waked up like, I can't live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. I cannot. And ultimately, it's like anything else. Once you finally are sick of yourself, you'll do something you about it. You get sick of your you shit. You have to get sick of your own shit before you say, you know what? This is this has got to change. Yeah. And that's, no one can tell you. No one can do it for you. No one can show you. You have to get sick of your own shit to move on. Yeah. And that's, well, tell me what happened. Like, I just got sick of my own shit. Same. <laughs> that's Same. just it. And it's like the sick of the poor me and this happened to me. No, this happened to you. Yes. Doesn't mean who you are. It doesn't define it, you. It doesn't define you, but it does shape your brain chemistry, how you think about things like, mm-hmm childhood trauma based on like worst case scenario situations it can be something great as like going out of town or like doing something fun with your family and the trauma brain will just automatically go to that worst case okay what's the worst case possible to make an outcome that could happen and that's a trauma that's a based, terrible place to live it is to it's live. difficult but once i'm aware of it now i can manage have it. power over my own mind and manage it mm-hmm. but that's one of the things that happens after the trauma that doesn't ever go away you just yeah. learn to Manage. refocus your brain and say, nope, not today, you know? So yeah. it's difficult though. Do you feel like the Academy helped you with that? Oh yeah. 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 Like I said, there's survivor mode, which was, I was doing for 44 years of my life. And then there was mental toughness, yeah, which I learned in the Academy and reading books like David Goggins can't hurt me and things like that. Like there is a difference. It's almost like bring it on. Yeah. Like you crave this complete suck. I do know. I crave the suck because. I'm like, give it to me. Give like, it to let me. Let me fucking go. Give it to me. And it's like, <laughs> if I can get through that face on the pavement, holding a push up, crying, my, like if I can get through that, that absolute suck, but it's just temporary, right? The pain's just temporary. It doesn't yeah. last forever. And you can literally, okay, it's, it's, it's going to be over in a few minutes. Just get through it, get through it, get through it. But I never knew what mental toughness was about till that. Like it was never, I thought I did, but that's survival. To me, mm-hmm. they're different. Surviving is just going through the motions and doing the best thing, whether it's positive or negative, just doing whatever you can to survive that day. Get through the next day, be functioning, not functioning, whatever it is. Mental toughness is knowing this is really going to suck ass, but guess what? Bring it on. That's different. Yeah. It's different. And now I look forward to it. That's me. I get so excited hearing people talk about stuff like this. I was telling you this morning, like, oh, I'm doing this other challenge. I'm so over it. My mind's not in the place. And then I see you and I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like it's the people that you surround yourself with that yes proximity ma- it's proximity that make you that light switch go off like you know what no you're stop being a baby suck it stop up and bitch. get through it stop being a bitch and get through it like I've had to talk to myself a couple it'll times be fine like it'll be fine and it's only like seasons right you're not doing this forever it's for a time period to really hone into what you need to be and dis- discipline yourself yeah so. I get so lit up hearing people talk about mm-hmm. that um, somebody was asking me the other day it was another female and we were talking about like people we looked up to. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, is it weird that a lot of the mentors I look up to are men? And I was like, no, you know what? When I, when I think about it, there's a lot of like people who I look up to in business and Mm -hmm. athletics and stuff like that, that wind up being men. So when I find females who are so fucking empowering, Mm -hmm. it's interesting because the females are people who are actually closer to me. Like the people who I look up to, like, um, like David Goggins, Mm -hmm. like they're men in those like big, like way above, you know, Mm -hmm. where I'm at. I Mm -hmm. read their books kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. But the females who I look up to are the ones who are s- closer to me, mm-hmm. who I found like you, like the sh- like the oh, shit thanks. you've done. Like that's that inspires me to be better and 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 to push forward. Or people who saw something in me that I didn't see in, in myself, yourself, which is huge. Yeah, and when you surround yourself with more mm-hmm. people like that, it is like such a 
energetic, just like sponge, and mm-hmm. it just gets bigger and bigger and well, bigger. When you feed off that, right? You want you more do. of it. it. It becomes something that you have to surround yourself with. And like my husband is very disciplined when it comes to like physically, like he runs like a crazy person. He's done all these marathons and he puts his mind in something and he does it. And I've always been so jealous of that mindset. Always. I, that's a very um, impressive mindset it's to have. Impressive. He wrestled his whole entire life, so he's just an athlete, right? So they have, it's almost like a different mindset. And I'm like, gosh, I wish I could do that. He goes, why can't you? His answer to me, why, why not? Why can't you do that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I guess I'd have to just make up my mind to just do it. You have to make it's up your mind. It's always like, okay, well, I'll start Monday. That's the famous I, last words. I'm going to start, I'm gonna start sure. Monday. I'm going to go ahead and start Monday. Let me just eat this donut. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like things like that. Guilty. Stupid. <laughs> me too. Absolutely guilty. Many times. Um, but people like that, like being around him just shows me, you know, I can, I can do it. I can be better. I can be the best version of myself. I love being around people like that. Yeah. And he's just really a great example for me to look up to because he just, I mean, he goes and goes and takes care of his family. Comes home, makes dinner. Like, I'm like, hi, hi I'm just here. I'm just going to yeah. hang out, let you do it all. Yeah, but you but you don't like look what look what you do, you right, know. So you guys right. just seem like a good like little match, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um that's that's amazing. I I feel like I'm very careful about and as everyone should be, you should be very careful about who you share your energy with. Mm-hmm. Because just like how you can surround yourself with good people, you can who can oh, lift you up. Yeah. You can surround yourself in bad environments who bring you down. Mm-hmm. And yes, sometimes you don't have control of the situations you wind up in. Like if you wind up with parents who are abusive or right. things like that, you obviously there's there comes a time where you can try and make decisions to get yourself out of it. But when it comes to like friendships mm-hmm. and relationships and things like that, like you have to be very careful mm-hmm. about the people who you surround yourself with and, and their the, motives and their motives and. Mm-hmm kind of going back to like what you said about your non-negotiables mm-hmm. or writing down like your why or like who you want to be, where you want to wind up and how you're going to get there. If you're surrounding yourself with people who are not on those same wavelengths, it's going get to, out. yeah, it's going to bring you down mm-hmm. really fucking And that fast. can be friends and that can be family. It can be coworkers. It can be anybody. It's mm-hmm. not just um, people you associate like with work or whatever. It's anybody like anyone who's going to sacrifice my peace. I'm out. See you later. Your peace is the most important. I've worked really fucking hard to get where I'm at spiritually, not even physically, not, not spiritually worked very hard to get where I'm at and to find my peace and find what works for me and what I'm able to live with every day being what I've gone through. Mm-hmm. And no one, no one, I don't care who you are, is going to, um, make me sacrifice that. Yeah, never. It took me a long time to find peace mm-hmm. too. A very, I didn't even know what it would look like. No, ever. But when you do, oh you're my not God. letting go. It was epic. It was yeah. a, I, there. Were, there were a lot of moments along the journey, and um, kind of going back to like what people said about your whole 75 day challenge. Oh, how much weight did you lose? Da, da, da. That's all they asked me, and I was like, I. It's not a. I mean, yeah, maybe I thought that would, what it was going to be like, oh, I'm going to lose so No, much that weight. was just the gateway. That was the gateway. But definitely like reading. I read six books like that. I love to read. I never made time for it. The internal I was, glow I always up had time for like, scrolling, but never time for reading. Right. And no one wants to look at that. No. Like, oh, I don't have enough time. Like, okay, let's yes, check your you screen do. time. Yes, you do. Show me your screen time. I, and they'd probably be like. <laughs> on this challenge, I actually had to do an extradition to California, which was to drive five hours, pick up someone from a jail there and drive back. I still had time to do my tour workouts, read my book, and drink, drink a gallon of water. Is how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Yeah. I um, I got a lot of, well, obviously competing, it's a very physical, mm-hmm. aesthetically, you know, aesthetic competition, right. like how you look. And yes, I got in the best shape I've ever gotten in in my entire life. And I was so damn proud of that. But to me, there was, the that discipline. was like, that was like the icing on the cake yeah. to wind up with that body. But 
there was so much more underneath it. And I try and explain that to people, but not many people really understand unless well, you get to know scenarios. yourself. You get to know yourself, oh, what yeah. you're capable of, what is hard, but what you, you do no matter what, like you got to know yourself. And that's really important that people spend time getting to know who they are as a person, because you can't be good with anyone else if you're not good with yourself. You need to like sitting with yourself. And I do. And I had to do that too, because I realized how distracted I would get if I didn't. So I didn't go out very often because I knew I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle Mm -hmm. going out and being on prep. I couldn't handle going out to dinners and just not doing what I needed to do. I I actually needed to sit alone. Mm -hmm. And that actually was like the best thing I possibly Mm -hmm. could have done for myself. And I was talking to another athlete on a podcast and she was like, you know, when I think back to every prep that I've done or every challenge, she's like, I look at a different human. Like I was a different human every Mm -hmm. single time. And that's where the self-development part comes in. And so for people who don't compete, I always encourage them to find something like Mm -hmm. a challenge to to get to know themselves better because that's when you're going to start digging deep. And like you said, it's very hard to look at yourself. So hard. Very easy to look at everybody else Mm -hmm. or figure out. You can pass judgment on everybody or give advice to everybody else. You want to give it out. But when you look at yourself and the character defects that you have and what you brought to relationships that aren't healthy, Mm -hmm. that's hard. That accountability is difficult, but it's necessary. Yeah. And I mean, I even had to do that for myself because yeah, I went through some traumatic shit. I should have never gone Mm -hmm. through because of someone else. Mm -hmm. But I also had to be like, okay, Christina, like, why did you give so many chances? Mm-hmm. Why did you? What about st- you that lets you stay in that relationship? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I remember mm-hmm. you talked to me about that. And I was like, you know what? That's all a really hard thing to look at, but I'm going to look at it because mm-hmm. I don't, I wanted to stop now. Yeah. Because if I had been who I am now, I would have never would have put up with that shit. I can tell you that, that right shit. now. That's I would have right. been gone after the first time. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But, but again, I say all the time, people that I, you have to teach people how to treat you. Yeah. But you don't know what that looks like until you realize what it is that doesn't treat you well. Yeah. So you have to go through being treated like complete shit to realize, I don't, I don't want that for myself. Yeah. And then say, okay, this, this is not happening anymore. And the boundaries, which the word boundary, everyone should look up because everyone <laughs> needs them. Boundaries yeah. are very important for yourself, and, for others. Yeah. And not even in relationships, just like with, with Period. everything. I was always a yes person. Mm-hmm. Like I never wanted to like say no. I always wanted to be the yes person. Yeah. Make everybody happy. And then I realized that I was also sacrificing myself in that and because I was happiness. doing things I didn't want to do, saying yes, things I wanted to say no to, not to, uh, saying yes to going somewhere I didn't want to go just to like not deal with the repercussions. But right. you know what? I love saying no. It's a complete sentence. I fucking love saying no now. Mm-hmm. I'm no. like, I'm not going. I don't want to go. Why not? I don't want to. I don't feel like going. Sorry. And, and, and there's nothing wrong. If they take that personally, that's about them. That has nothing at all to do with you. Right. But I think when you're younger, you you think about it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's FOMO. It's, you know, yeah. if you're missing out of something, like just take a second and yeah. just realize it's probably something that you don't want to do, but you're doing because everyone else is. Yeah. And I mean, it can, it can be scary at time and that just ties back into the whole fearless thing. And mm-hmm. I always tell people this, I'm like, I'm not a fearless person. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a play on it. But what I have developed and what I hope to encourage others to develop is a fearless mentality. Right. You don't have to be scared of standing no. up for yourself, saying no, going after what you believe in, chasing after goals. It could be anything. You anything. don't have to be scared of doing and that you for yourself. And you are absolutely qualified. Everyone's absolutely yeah. qualified. You're qualified. You're going to tell yourself you're not, but you are. Yeah, you everyone. Are. Yeah, well, I am so, so proud of you Thanks. and so happy to have been able to hear your story and I feel like there's so much more for you to talk about and I hope we can dive into that sure. again um, and just cover more topics because what you've done can inspire so many people and Thanks. I hope those listening have like gained some just like motivation from this and they want to go out there and tackle something really hard because 
that's some like mental fortitude that you just have. Just go so. out and kill it because like I said, you get one life. So, and nobody wants those kind of regrets. No. You know, nobody no. wants those. Absolutely not. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks to my guest, Tiffany. If you guys want to follow her, or not want to, you should follow her on social media. I dropped her information below, and we're always here to answer any questions you might have, even if it's specifically about the police academy or anything that Tiffany has gone through specifically. Feel free to reach out, and we will see you next time on the Fearless as Fuck podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Fearless As Fuck podcast. It is my intention to continue to bring you uplifting, empowering, and overall inspiring interviews to help you continue to thrive and truly understand how to step into your power just like I did. I am so honored you have taken the time to listen and I'd love to connect with each and every one of you. Don't forget you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Christina.Lauren and at the Fearless AF podcast. And on YouTube, you can search Christina Lauren, The Fearless Collective. Don't forget to subscribe and share and leave a review. I would love to know what you guys think of the podcast and also some thoughts on topics you would like me to cover and guests you would like to see on The Fearless As Fuck podcast. I'll see you next time.